0: Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I am so pumped today, guys. I know I say this almost every episode, but this one is very special. You guys know that we're very big. Obviously, this is a real estate investing podcast, right? But we are very big onto the credit side. We are very just big advocates of you know getting educated, fixing your credit quickly, building up huge credit lines, and getting all the funds that you truly deserve and then putting it to work and doing exactly what the banks have been doing to us for way too long. Flipping the script though, right? So this gentleman I've learned a ton from over the years. He's the owner of Credit Suites, gives out so much education, really helps out. I think at this point, it's been like 40 or 50,000 people at this point and still growing each and every day, just making a huge impact. And you got to think of it like this. 50,000 individuals, he's been able to change their lives. Think about the households that now those people are empowered and just the transformation within the community and the circle of influence. And it's just, it's mind breaking to really wrap all that up. And it's amazing. So Ty Crandall, what's up, my friend? How are you today? Brandon,
1: what's up, man? Thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So for anybody out there that doesn't know more about your history, your background, do you mind just diving in a little bit of some bullet points of who you are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first company I ever owned was a mortgage company. I've got about two decades in financial services and was in auto finance for a long time, got into mortgages, excelled there, created my own mortgage company, and I built it up to a successful seven-figure business. And then the whole thing crashed. And I made the same mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make. I personally guaranteed everything. So, you know, my business debt started to show up on my consumer credit reports. And then then all my consumer credit card companies lowered my limits to what I owed, you know, destroying my consumer credit. And then my business debtors came after my personal assets. I mean, they literally cleaned out my bank accounts to a point where my bank accounts were negative, said checks written. And, you know, they took all the money that was there and all those checks bounced. It was a nightmare. I mean, I remember at my lowest point, literally trying to pass bad checks just trying to get like the electric turned back on in my home. So my then pregnant wife didn't come home to like a grueling Florida heat with no AC. So it was, it got bad. And what happened at that point, it might sound cliche, but it's where I really switched over from running a business to make money and really got, you know, running a business to help people. Like I had experienced pain unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. And all I wanted to do was just try to help as many people not go through that pain that I went through. So I got into Consumer Credit Repair. I built a consumer credit repair company, made it successful. A lot of customers started to ask about business credit along the way. And Brandon, at the time, there was nothing about it. It was a crazy. thing; like, there was nothing on YouTube. You could search business credit in Google and nothing showed up. You'd have to go three, four pages in to see some stuff about from Dun Bradstreet, Experian, and maybe they'd sell credit monitoring. It was just sparse. And so when I started to discover what it was and realized you could separate consumer credit, commercial credit, and if I would have done that, like I personally wouldn't have had a financial disaster because of the business. It really became frustrating to me that like this information wasn't really available, that somebody with as much financial knowledge as I had that I didn't even know it. Yeah. And I was raised by my parents to not complain about a problem unless you're willing to propose a solution. So I, thought, I said, I'm going to figure this thing out, man. I don't know. I'm going to, Go and figure it out. So I would, you know, spend a day and I would go research the paid explore from Brad Bradstreet. And then I'd put the information onto a PowerPoint deck, rudimentary. And then that's crazy basic graphics and go live on YouTube. And it just continued. And months down the road, I realized there was a massive following. And we ended up creating a product, a company around helping people expedite this path. And ever since then, 10 plus years helped, you know, like you said, nearly 50,000 people through this process of getting capital to grow their business. which is super rewarding and fun along the way.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I I can't even imagine the impact. I know the smaller impact that we've made on on people's lives is just the most fulfilling part of it. And just like you said, it's like once you actually switched up that model and started serving other people, just for the simple fact, you don't want them to go through the same pain and heartache that you went through and experienced. There's a lot of value behind that.
1: Yeah. And speaking to what you do, and an example of that is one of my really good friends, Sam and Lonnie, these guys own a martial arts studio up in Pennsylvania, right? And the product that you teach and help people understand how to do, they went through and did the same thing, right? And so these guys were hoping to open a second location in 18 months. They ended up opening a third location within a month using the kind of funding that you talk about and that you help people get to be able to do it. Then COVID hit. They're martial arts, man. So yeah, there ain't no yeah. six foot distance. <laughs> Does it work? Yeah, what are you going to do there, right? So they were shut down completely. Then they used those funds to pivot and create an online platform which you know not very common in martial arts then things came back and now they're opening three more locations so it's just so cool right I mean you've got yeah. your friends your personal friends to watch them go from one location to six create an online platform literally the hair on my arm just stands up because it's just yeah. that's, that's what we do you know that, to be able to be on the receiving end and hear about that to help them bump into a product like what you offer and not even know it exists and then see them do cool things you almost feel like you're kind of part of their success it's really rewarding
0: Oh, yeah, no, of course, it's awesome. So with all the content that you give out, I know you give basically the whole blueprint really. I'm on YouTube and all your other platforms to share as much content as possible to get it into the world's hands. You've impacted so many people over the years. One of the number one things that people coming into your platform are looking to accomplish, but just aren't realistic on like really the outcome of getting this to hit their goals really.
1: Well, look, the reality is, you know, as well as I do that most business owners are looking for money and a lot of them are looking for credit lines. And I kind of Mm -hmm. look at this like in the mortgage industry. When somebody goes to get a mortgage, everybody asks what the interest rate is. And that's a pretty crazy question to me because they don't know what the going interest rates are. They don't know what's good or bad beyond saying, well, I don't know, that sounds good or bad. They're just trained to ask for that. And that's what I find in the capital world, you know, is business owners are trained to ask for a credit line, right? You and I know that startups getting those, there's just a lot of difficulties with that. So they come in and say, I want money, I want a credit plan. But what we realize and, and we we call it fundability and, and there's this you got to take a step back and look at it from a lender's eyes. From a lender and credit issuer's eyes, their number one priority is to try to prevent fraud. We yeah. don't even think about that. Like we don't yeah. even realize it, but the vast majority of applications that come into lenders and creditors, they're not even legit. They're not even real. These are just mm. people making crap up, trying to scam the system and be issued and, and take money. Like the amount of money stolen from PPP that was fraudulent, like was just an example of just how absurd this is. That's a great so, example. Yeah. That's and crazy, a lot of businesses get caught in the trap as you know. It's they try to get money with credit line. But what they don't realize is they set up a sole proprietorship instead of an LLC. And if they would have yeah. done an LLC, they could have got a lot more credibility. Or they're trying to use a mobile phone as their business phone. Or you know, there's just all this. Or they they set up secretary of state. Then they go get their address, their phone number. Then they never yeah. update it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know. So then lenders <laughs> no, and nothing are just, matches up. It's a, nothing matches up. nothing matches up. Yeah. And they
1: don't understand why they're getting denied. They're like, I don't understand. Well, I'm denied. I'm like, nothing matches. Like your address is different. Yellow pages and Google and Bing. Your your Facebook page has a different address than your website even has for your company. And yeah. they don't understand that all these incongruencies and, and and not having the structure of the business set up and not having all these fundability points in line that they lose massive credibility with lenders and credit issuers. They look like they're fraudulent to lenders and creditors, yep. And that's the real problem. So, that's one of the biggest misconceptions we see. And once we come back and just help people fix even basic fundability
0: points, we, yeah, we the see them foundation, go, right? You know, the foundation that's necessary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we see them go like you do from fixing that stuff to go from denied to apply for the same credit card, denied to apply for the same loan. It's not the credit, it's not the income, it's not the stuff they think. It's just this basic structure. So that's one of them. There's a lot of misconceptions, but I think one of the biggest ones is just not knowing that you've got to build the foundation and this fundability the right way. And that goes a long way to helping you get money. But if you skip that step, ever getting loans and credit lines, is just not even practical unless you start with the beginning. And like you said, build that solid foundation.
0: Yeah, And I really do hope, I I pray that you guys are really taking notes on this stuff because he secretly just dropped so many gems right there that the average person might have not picked up. So you're definitely going to want to rewind this and make sure you are taking notes moving forward because the apples to apples across the board everywhere. Also, like when he bank Googles your actual business, you need to pop up. If you can't pop up anywhere, if the SEO isn't on point, you're using your cell phone or like a Google number. Like these things are red flags to the banking industry, and it's a risk factor to see if you're going to qualify or not. So positioning yourself with what he's talking about right here, that foundation, it's crucial. Ty, there's so many people out there. the The number one question that I get on a regular basis is all about people wanting the no PG business funding. It's hilarious to me, but I I understand and. There's value behind it. It's not going to be that overnight, but, but you should set up a business properly once it's strong enough to be on its own feet so that it's not, God forbid, if the worst case scenario happens, it's not coming back to haunt your personal, any feedback on, I'm sure you get it on a regular basis as well. The, you know, I want the no PG funding. Yep. You know, I'm just curious how you react to that, how you educate people on that and, um, and so forth. Being a big educator
1: with no PG, and it's funny because the minute you said the number one question, I said no PG. Yeah. I'm like in my head, I'm like no PG. And You said no yeah, PG. Yeah. I'm like yeah, I know, buddy. Yeah. Weird, I same thing. And I talk about no PG a lot, yeah. so a lot of them want funding from that. So here's the reality of it: all the gurus and the BS and stuff yeah. that's out there, all this stuff set aside. Here's how it works: you know, somebody can come in and build a basic business credit profile, get vendors with Granger and Uline and you know, supply works these these starter vendors if they built sure. fundability right. They can build an initial business credit profile, even using your products. Like you teach ways for them to be able to get corporate credit card, to be able to get business credit cards. Some of those credit cards, as you know, reports, the reporting agencies, doesn't matter. They report an initial credit profile and score. And then as that expands, as people get more credit, like five accounts can get them to, you know, Walmart and Amazon and Nordstrom, almost every retailer and like 14 accounts can get somebody to auto financing and Visa, MasterCard, some limited bank credit that's available. So somebody can get credit in auto financing. If they follow that formula without a personal guarantee, it's not hard. It's not hard to build the credibility of the business and build the credit profile of the business to get all kinds of credit cards without a personal guarantee and without a personal credit check. You could do that. But when it comes to loans and credit lines, hold different story. Like, first of all, you can get some collateral-based stuff. Like, maybe I have stocks, bonds, 401ks, IRAs, and I get securities financing or 401k financing. Some stuff like that where you have collateral, you can get around guarantees. In some cash flow, merchant cash advance stuff, some high-risk, high-interest stuff, some of that stuff's available without personal guarantees. But most funding, term loans, SBA loans, this other stuff, you ain't going to get it without a personal guarantee okay. until your business is stupid established credit profile. I mean, until your business credit profile shows you've got multiple loans or credit lines for hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars that you've paid back as agreed, and the value of the business has grown exponentially where you don't really matter. So an example is Michael Dell, right? I mean, credit don't need Michael Dell's signature because Dell, the company's worth so much more than the individual, the CEO is. But to get to that level, if you pull Dell's credit report, they have hundreds of trade lines, you know, millions and millions of dollars in financing, you know, single loans and credit lines for multi-millions of dollars. They've proven they can handle that debt as a company and pay it back. Most business owners, they're trying to get no PG SBA loans well before they've proven that to the system. So most business owners won't get there until they're eight, nine figure businesses until they have established enough of the credit profiles and proven enough to get term loans, SBA loans. So there's kind of the whole gamut of what you can get with the PG and what you really can't until the business is just ridiculously big down the road.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't even have like their paydex, you know, let alone like actually building out that foundation and having enough trade lines on there to actually make the credit profile look sexy and strong enough to withstand anything. Yeah. And it's kind
1: of funny because I, I get that a lot is people come in and they're like, I have a paydex score. Now, how do I get a credit line without a personal guarantee? My paydex is 80. I go, first yeah. of all, like you only you need three pay, pay trade score, lines, like yeah. three trade lines, right? Yeah. And like 80 literally means you pay your bills as agreed. So you don't get a credit line just because you paid three bills on time. Like it, not... the, the real world doesn't work that way. <laughs> Over but it's $50. What people, you yeah. Know? <laughs> but, you know It's what people think because there's this pop-up gurus that try to convince them that this stuff is that that's not practical in you and I's world isn't really practical. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah. You mentioned something as far as like collateral, right? There's certain products and so forth that I'm looking into currently just to expand in many ways of utilizing life insurance, for example, as collateral. Have you ever had uh, clients or individuals actually go down that process? Are you familiar with it? Or In the business funding world, yeah. we don't do that. We really haven't found products
1: to move to entrepreneurs to do it. In mm-hmm. my personal world, It's where all my long-term money goes. All my long-term money is infinite banking type thinking. It all goes into whole life policies where you could borrow against the whole life policy and reinvest the money into other things. So that gives me the ability to use compound interest to be able to have my money compounded double every seven years so really big strategy that I my, my long-term personal investments are almost all directed into that because it gives me greater rate of returns than anything else I invest in. So yeah, I'm a big fan of it. But in the business funding world, not a lot's been out there about borrowing against whole life policies to be able to reinvest the business. Although you know I know you can, there's just not a lot of lenders that have been formed with that being their product that I've seen. It's not something I've bumped into.
0: Yeah, it's definitely more on the creative side. And who knows what the future will bring as lenders are always constantly coming out with new products and services to be able to, to suit the needs of consumers. But I love it. You mentioned infinite banking, right? And I don't want to assume everybody listening today actually is totally familiar with that. But it's an amazing strategy that really compounds in so many different ways. Do you mind just shredding some light on that?
1: I'm not as much of the guru in the space to explain it as the guys that and gals yeah. that really do a lot with infinite banking. But the idea is generally the same. I mean, if you put money into a bank account, you don't really earn any money on that. We all know that. And then the banks operate and work because they invest your money. They take the money that you have they make their own investments, including loan it out, and they get a rate of return. And they're basically earning multiples of returns Taking your money to do it. And by the way, what's interesting and a deeper dive here is if you ever really look at the balance sheets, which are available from the big banks, like places like right. Bank of America, what a lot of people don't realize is you know, if you look, their real estate holdings are pretty big, but they put lots of money into whole life policies. People don't even realize this, like they're going that route, too, of investing a lot of the money into whole life. But That's
0: where they make back- all their money, you know, to a certain degree. That's the majority. a huge chunk of it. And obviously, they're making millions and billions everywhere else. But yeah. It's one of the biggest line items on the balance yes. sheet. I mean,
1: that is where their money goes. So yes. you're describing the same strategy that the banks are using to become the banks, right? Yes. And look at all these small bank- banks that pop up. These small banks that pop up, pop up because it's so lucrative to get acquired. And the big banks will acquire them if they have enough depositors. It's just what's going to happen. So that's the whole idea is that with infinite banking, they're taking our money and paying us nothing. Then they're investing it in whole life, whether it be in loaning it out, they're getting a rate of return. And then infinite banking, you become the bank. You're doing the same thing. You're taking your own money. You're investing it similarly to whole life or other things that they're using to be able to make money. You're then taking that money and deploying it being able to make money on it. So one of my favorite products is securities-based finance. I love it because I can have money invested in the stock market that's earning me a return. It's earning me whatever it's earning Then I could borrow against that money that's already deployed and working for me. And then I could get a 5% credit line and start a business, right? Yeah. So what's interesting about strategies like that is that you have your money in one place and it's actually being deployed for multiple purposes. And that's even where a lot of my long-term investment, my infinite banking strategy comes from is, you know, you invest in the whole life and you borrow against it and then get a greater rate of return than what you're borrowing the money from. So not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but it's funny because one of my really good friends, her and I are opposite in this. Like she bought a brand new Mercedes and she pays cash for it, right? She doesn't want to have any debt. All owns tons of Airbnb properties. They're all owned free and clear, primary home free and clear. Cars are free and clear. Me, I go get a McLaren. I put as little down as I can, right? Yeah. I take on the debt. Then I go rent the thing when I'm not using it. And I turn the thing into a profit driver, an income driver for me. So it's just that way of thinking of being really conservative or putting your money to work to get multiples on it. And that's the best way I can describe infinite banking is just putting your money to work and earning multiples. I don't like banks are doing when you're putting the money with them.
0: Yeah. I couldn't say it better myself. I love that. It's really... Not to throw anybody under the bus or anything, but for example, the way of thinking similar to like Dave Ramsey in comparison, you know, paying cash for everything or building up credit limits and, you know, leveraging. And that's what banks do on a regular basis as well. So that's why I'm so passionate about credit because we've been able to flip the script on the banks of what they've been doing to us for years of getting all the credit limits, purchasing properties with it at 0% interest, you know? doing the renovations with credit cards so that we're not getting screwed over by contractors and then doing a cash out refinance afterwards. As long as it's on the business side, you're not messing up your utilization and so forth and you're still lendable. I mean, there's so many ways around things, just like you said, you know, like putting uh, luxury cars and so forth or on Turo or other platforms to be able to do, similar to Airbnb, like short-term rentals that you can make passive income from when the right systems are in place. So there's a lot of power behind it.
1: Your strategy is of investing in in what you do is one of the most brilliant I've ever seen in real estate. It's absolutely one of the most brilliant I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And you talk about banks, but this isn't just banks. This is every one of the largest publicly and privately owned companies, 100% of them, 100% of them in this country, every one of them has got where they are by using OPM. And yes. I got nothing against Dave Ramsey, but his his avatar, his customer, it, it ain't us. Like yes. his person's a no. person that's struggling to pay their bills, tons of credit card debt, you know, works at Walmart, yeah, you know, doesn't have a lot of income. It's not us. If you look at us as entrepreneurs, let's use two examples. Let's use Apple. Apple, the biggest cash rich company in the planet. Apple has 130 billion, B as of this month, cash yeah. in hand, 130 billion, but they have 113 billion in debt. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Now, no Dave Ramsey, people don't get that. They're like, okay, Apple, you have 130, you have 113. They use your 130 to pay off the 113. But Apple's got to be the biggest cash rich company in the world because they understand OPM. They understand how to use other people's money to leverage it to get as big as they are. Another simple example is Walmart, right? So if you ever read Sam Walton's book, it's really interesting because Sam talks about in the 70s, sitting there waiting in the beginning of Walmart at somebody's desk while the guy's running his done and Bradstreet credit report in the back office to see if he should extend him credit. Yeah. Now you look at it today, 80% of what Walmart sells, they use business credit, you and I's world to buy, right? Yep. They go buy bounty paper towels from bounty using credit, not using their cash. Then they put the paper towels on their shelves. Then we buy them. Then they use our money to pay bounty back for the credit they bought. This is 80%. When you walk by Walmart, one item, two, three, four, five. When you count 10 items, eight of the 10 they bought that way. As a matter of fact, business credit is more value in Walmart than all equity shareholder value combined. It's they're the number one retailer in the world. So they're just really good at OPM. They're using the same kind of infinite banking strategy that you're describing. And if Business owners aren't doing it. You're just letting somebody else get rich and die. Mm,
0: that's so powerful. I didn't know it was 80%. That is ridiculous. Just like crazy. how big they've expanded over the years and just how big the store is, how many offers and products that they have in there. And they're using OPM and really just leveraging it again in the you know, 30, 60 day, 90 day terms while you're purchasing and paying things off for them. It's crazy. I love that. So you mentioned a couple other platforms that you've utilized to, you know, once you have the funding to be able to put it to work and leverage it to make, you know, passive income. Do you mind just diving in a little bit more? Cause I know this is like the creative side of what people get inspired by. And then they can see the fruits. Everybody has their goals and dreams and I encourage you to chase them. And if you need help fixing your credit first or building up the huge credit lines, like Ty's the, the man to go to for building up and and if you need anything else in between, reach out to either of us. But, you know, Ty, you got some amazing things going on on the passive income side as well. I know you've done a little bit of the land flipping as well, which has been a nice little hobby on this side that's been fun. But what other strategies are you utilizing to leverage the capital, the credit that you get? First of all, I'll say I'm not the best
1: guy to talk about passive income because I think it's a great goal. I love that people chase it. Mine's different. I have one yeah. goal and only one goal in life, and it's to build a hundred million dollar company. What I realize is that I think you can manifest what you think about. I think what your life is what you think in your visualizing your head to be. I really believe that. So in true. My heart and soul, right? Yeah. So I realized a long time ago that instead of financial goals and all these other goals, if I put every ounce of mental and physical energy into one goal and only one goal. I believe it's nearly impossible not to meet that goal. And it's also helped me stay on the straight and narrow, man. All these opportunities come out. Everybody wants me to sell this and create masterminds, and do this and invest in companies, all of which is really hard to say no to. Yeah. But one goal, if nothing, if anything's not congruent with one goal, that's what I did. So as a result, um, I'm not as big on the passive income because the reality is, is that, you know, my net worth went up two million dollars this year just because my company grew by that yes. much. And I, by doing what I'm doing, I feel like I can better grow my overall net worth and have the life I want to have in retirement than anything else. So, my passive income is more just for fun, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And what I like to do for fun is a couple things. One of them, I like I like land because everybody's in real estate. Like I'm in Florida; it's ridiculous down here, yeah. right? And I don't want to go compete with house flippers. And, and there's so many great strategies. I just don't want to compete in that space. Yeah. But I wanted to be in real estate, but I didn't want to compete. I don't want to deal with toilets and all the other stuff. Yeah. And so I found this beautiful niche in land that I love. And so there's a county in Nevada that I think I own the county. I, I feel like I'm getting close to now owning this county. I own so much land there. Uh-oh. Then I go and I, I narrow down, I find the places in the country I want to go, I buy the land wholesale, I send letters out and through all automation to people to solicit them to sell. I buy their land wholesale for $1,200, $1,500 for 10 acres. And then I turn around and I put sell it to people on terms for $6,000, you know? So I get payments every single month from people where I'm making six grand. they don't make their payments. Ooh, I think the title was never to them and to be, you know, so it's, it's easy for me to convert back and sell it to somebody else. So that's a big thing that I do for passive income. And I really enjoy it. It's just a lot of fun for me. And the other thing I do is, is, is vehicle rental. I have a strategy where everything I own should pay for itself. So I live in a penthouse apartment here in Tampa, Florida, like Emily Arena, right next to me. I went to the lightning game last night. One of the biggest hot spots of Tampa, Spartan Wharf right here. My cruise ship's coming right. I love this place, right? Awesome. So I drive a McLaren and like Mercedes and all this other stuff. And I don't say anything of that stuff, to brag. I tell you that because my life is completely self-sustaining. Everything pays for itself. And that's a goal for me. Whether I want a yacht, whether I want a plane, I, I went and looked at my dream plane yesterday. Yeah. This stuff will be deployed and rented when I'm not using it. And then as a result, those turn into profit centers. And it really gives me the ability to buy whatever I want and not feel guilty about buying a $300 McLaren because the reality is the car makes me money. Like I don't, you know, it, it makes me money. And those are things that I put those assets with other people that that's what they do in their business. So yeah. that doesn't require a headache for me. Other people are doing my work and I just sit back and drive what I want to drive. You know, I have yachts and all this crazy stuff. And then it all just pays for itself when I'm not using this. It. It's really been pretty cool. That's
0: so good. It's such a great example of like, you can have all the nice things in the world the luxury lifestyle that you see out there or that you you know you deserve yeah and get access to all of that as long as you do the due diligence of getting the right deal and then make it work for you to pay for itself on the side so you know putting the cars on turo you can drive a luxury car 80 percent of whenever you need it really same thing with a plane or a boat or the house in so many different ways, so I really love that idea. It reminded me of as basically like my watch. I just got a new watch a Rolex, and I always you know secretly to myself was like I would never buy a stupid, expensive watch for just to put it on my damn wrist. I feel like it's such a liability it's so stupid. but with watches going up in value the last couple of years and this one in particular and getting it at a you know it's all about the numbers so getting it at the right wholesale price i instantly have made $5000 on this if i sold it today i'd make $5000 or more but if i hang on to it for the next year and it potentially goes up more then i get to rock it for a year and uh, have fun with it and then sell it and make a profit so so you know buying things at the right numbers and with intentions to have it pay for itself in many ways you can have whatever you want. And I really and love that mindset. Of it's man interesting. Testing.
1: There's this guy named PJ and he has this great course called exotic car hacks, exotic yeah. car hacks. Everybody should look it up by this course. It's stupid cheap it changes yeah. your life. Yeah. And so this is just, and there's several lessons in what you said here. First of all, you got to figure out what you want and everybody screws this up. I always said life and business isn't hard. It's two parts. First, figure out what you want clearly. And then secondly, pursue with relentless determination until you get it. Like don't quit. It's just that how yeah. everybody else quits. Don't quit till you get it. But when you put your mind on what you want, the universe will kind of manifest these weird, never even thought about opportunities to get it. And when I went down this road, I'm like, I want to get a nice sports car. But I have two kids, and it's kind of irresponsible to go buy some Lamborghini or something. So then I found this exotic car hacks, and and it changed my perspective. It taught what you taught. He does a watch flipping as well. Because what I learned there is that we don't buy things because they're expensive. But the most expensive things, whether it be a Louis Vuitton handbag or a Gucci belt, or whether it be a, a Rolex and a McLaren, the, the reason that these things are worth what they are is they're so scarce. There's so few of them sold that they don't depreciate. They keep their value organic. So I'll give you a simple example. I wanted this watch, this Rolex, blue face watch, Submariner, love this thing, right? So the Submariner watch I wanted, and the I mean, first time I ever saw it, I took off the watch I had and refused to ever wear a watch till I could afford to buy it, bought the thing. Mortgage company's taken off, bought it for seven grand. Mortgage company falls apart, got rid of it for four grand. And then, you know, regret ever since I had to survive, right? So yeah. now I finally last year got that watch again, $16,000 yeah. for the same sub We're from yeah. seven to 16,000 yeah. in that time. So this is what people don't understand. I bought an Aston Martin, drove it for two years and sold it for more than I bought it for. My yeah. McLaren will be worth more than I bought it for. Who in their life has ever bought a car, put nothing down, yeah. drove it for two years yeah. and then walked away with a huge check. I mean, it's, it's, It's absurd. So that is what people don't understand is that when you invest in luxury assets like handbags and Rolexes and cars, these things don't depreciate or depreciate very slightly. So you could buy these things, park your money there, and oftentimes get a greater rate of return than you can in stocks and bonds and a lot of other places that you put your money. And it's a lot more fun. Then when yeah. you compound strategies, like you mentioned, Turo, et cetera, whatever, yeah. then even buying them just to flip it, then you can exponentially grow your income and still get a drive the cars you want. You have yeah. this whole lifestyle that you want to have. It's really pretty interesting.
0: It's very good. And I'm glad that you brought up the guy in Florida and Miami, I believe for exotic car hacks. And, yeah. and you know he does the watches as well. That's where I learned the same stuff. So it's like, The education is priceless and you can have whatever you want in life. Just do it, you know, with intelligence, right? Ty, you talked about, you know, really goal setting and kind of envisioning where you see the business and your future. Being that we're just a couple of weeks away from the new year, a lot of people are going to start getting, people are, you know, mostly late to setting their goals for the next year. So now is probably the best time for people to actually really start Envisioning what their future looks like. Is there any tips or tricks that you would give for manifesting and really writing out the goals to be able to stay on track to hit, you know, such a big number like yours to grow your business? A couple things. First of all, again, not the dude on this. Yeah. I'm not a guru.
1: Everybody will tell you should have financial goals and personal goals. And I got people that have their own mission statements and core values for them as individuals. Like it's absurd. Like uh, the people around me and how. Yeah. was <laughs> goes, <"Gee>, dude, well, <laughs> not that in other TV words, I don't do any either. I'm I'm that not- <laughs> dude, I feel bad about not doing it. No, dude,
0: doing you shouldn't, bro. No.
1: <laughs> but I don't do it. You know. Like one goal, like one goal seems easier. Meditate yeah. on that day and night, focus on that. But something I teach to our clients and partners is called a map. And it's a massive action plan. And the way it works is a lot of people's goal is an income goal. So with our clients, for example, you got to set the goal, what you want, and the data when you want to get it. So let's say you want to make 10000 a month extra selling business. Business credit financing within by you know the end of March. Yeah. Well now you know your goal and now you know the timeline. And the next thing is you figure out how many sales you need to make to get it. So, in my world, you know, they sell our product for 2,500 bucks. So, four sales get you there. And then you got to figure out how many people you got to talk to to get to four sales. So, I got to pitch a third of the people. So, you know, uh, in order to make a sale, 30% say, you know, is what I made. It looks like 20%, whatever it may be. So, now you know that you got to talk to, you know, 20 pitches to make five sales, for example, or whatever it may be. And then you got to figure out how many people you have to talk to that are interested. Well, you know, a third of the people I talk to are interested. So i got to talk to 60 people to be able to do 20 pitches in order to make you know, my four sales that I'm going to make to make my 10 grand. Well, now it's not that hard you think about it. I got to talk to 60 people. That's 15 a week. Now, what's your plan to talk to 15 a week? Are you going to run Facebook ads and digital marketing or uh, Facebook ads and networking events and, you know, three, four, five ways to get yourself to that 15 people and be flexible. Know that some of the stuff you think is going to work isn't. Some of the stuff you think is going to not work works better than you think it will. But I just feel that's a really good strategy to figure out the end goal, parse it down to what you actually need to talk to people-wise, develop a plan that works within your comfort zone of what you really want to do. Don't go do stuff you really don't want to do because you're not going to do it. And then figure out and modify your plan as it works to execute, to be able to talk to that many people, to do that many pitches, to do that many press sessions. That's the way I teach it. And I think it's very effective because when I talk to a partner that says, I'm not making the money I want to, I said, "Well, how many pitches do you do a week?" Well, I don't yeah. do any. Well, then, yeah. you know, like, how's it work? How do you expect to make money if you don't sell? You so, I find that if you're chasing an income goal, it's a really good way to develop a massive action plan to get there, and you will get there if you just execute that with relentless determination and you modify your plan on the fly with what's working and what's not.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a big funnel, so just look at it as, "Hey, you got your big goal. What is it going to take to actually get there? How many people do you need to talk to? How many?" of those people are going to convert into actually sitting down to have that conversation. After that, how many of them do you need to have that sit down conversation to be able to get the sale or whatever it may be to hit those goals and numbers? I love that. So Ty, you just completed the 30 day challenge. was very successful, helped out so many people. Is there a way that people can invest or get access to replays of that? To, I mean, you had so many amazing people on, I'm sure it's just next level to be able to get access to that. They can
1: go to funding30challenge.com. If they go to funding30challenge.com, it's going to say, hey, the challenge is over, but you can get the recordings. think it it's 97 bucks and they can get the recordings. The Funding 30 Challenge, we had really, I think, 35 to 40 different ways to get money. And we had 20 of the country's top funders, and, you know, including yeah. you come in and then teach their best methods to be able to get money. So it's just like, you know, we brought the actual funders that fund the stuff that most people start up and bad credit and can't get money. And then they all came in and we revealed like 35, 40 different ways to get money, build business, try to improve fundability. It was all in one week of the challenge. So funding30challenge.com, they're able to get those recordings, go through it and listen to all those funders and get at least three different ways that they're able to fund their business.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Guys, I can't stress this out enough. Like I give out a bunch of tips and tricks when we're talking credit. I got to participate in it, which was awesome. But on top of that, I really on the selfish side, I I tuned into a lot of the episodes as well. And uh, man, there are some awesome people on there, amazing content and something above and beyond worth that low ticket of of really investing in yourself to get access to something like that. So I encourage you to take action on that because it can definitely be life-changing if you are in that situation of like still looking for accessible cash and funds to grow your business. With that being said, we're getting to that point to wrap this up. Ty, what does the future look like for you? You just gave an hour of your time. I want to hear how either myself or, or any of the people listening can actually give back to you as well.
1: Well, look, I mean, our goal is to help as many people as we can. You know, our goal is to help a half a million entrepreneurs by 2030. So we got a lot of work to do and not a lot That's of time love. to be able to get it done. And in doing so, you know, the, I'm just in a rabbit hole you know, what happened was we first got into this to, to reveal business credit. Then we started to realize there's LexisNexis, check systems, all these credit reports being used behind the scenes that entrepreneurs don't know about. So we partnered with LexisNexis a couple of years ago to do what had never been done, which is bring their data that lenders are using to the front to let entrepreneurs know, hey, here's what you're giving lenders. Here's what they're comparing it to discrepancies and help them fix that through a fundability score. So later this year, our newest product will roll out, which is a really cool funding marketplace that makes it, I think, easier than ever has been uh, to be able to get funding and be able to access all legitimate funding in one place. We continue to do more with fundability and this fundability score is going to be huge because instead of just telling people, here's what you want to fix in fundability, we're able to score where they're wrong And then they can actually improve the things to make everything congruent that lenders are seeing and improve their score so they'll know they're fundable. And it just basically helps them pre-screen. I mean, we think this is so valuable to entrepreneurs that we think lenders are already getting the request from them. They want what we have because they we're building the best pre-screening tool to filter out all the stuff they spend billions to filter out with fraud, et cetera, just by helping entrepreneurs understand what's needed to get in there and get it fixed. So looking forward to that as well. And then just trying to continue to simplify business credit building. Brex, Divi, Credit Strong, a lot of new players in the space that are rolling out products that report to the reporting agencies. Were you coming in with your brilliant way of doing what you guys are doing with using credit cards and credit lines to be able to invest in real estate? So just finding the best and easiest path for entrepreneurs to be able to build business credit, separate them from that guarantee. Mm -hmm. Really, that's our mission this year forward. And our new product rolling out this year update will be massive leap forward to help in all those areas.
0: Man, that sounds so powerful. It really just like illuminates and highlights the areas that need to be improved and fixed and all systemized for you, which, yeah, I definitely need to partake in that as well. That's going to be amazing. Well, Ty, it's always a blessing connecting with you and being able to pick your brain for a minute. And this was a whole hour. So I appreciate you so much for diving in and giving back to the listeners. Your heart is always in the good place to Make that bigger impact. 500,000 entrepreneurs, that's that's awesome. So that's some goals that you guys can participate in as well. I know you guys need this. Bottom line, you need this and you know that. So reach out to Ty. Ty, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Or Best way to get a
1: hold of me is there's, we got a great guide at CreditSuite.com. We'll give you two options. CreditSuite.com forward slash E-I-N at creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. Somebody can grab a free step-by-step business credit building guide, teaches you fundability, steps to build business credit, everything you need. We've also got another great guide at creditsuite.com forward slash 27 ways, the number 27, the word Mm -hmm. ways. And it's 27 ways to get funding for your business. Whether you have bad credit starts, all these things, entrepreneurs don't even know are out there. It condenses them 27 of the most effective ways we've found to fund your business. So if you're looking for loans or credit lines, great guide. If you're looking for business credit, another great guide at thecreditsuite.com forward slash EIN.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it so much, brother. It's always a privilege and so much great, amazing content to the listeners. So with that being said, guys, reach out, take advantage of that stuff. I don't know how long it's going to be out there for free. So I know he's got the heart in the right place to keep on serving you guys. But seriously, take advantage of this stuff. And as always, if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you need any credit repair done for you services, you can always check out creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're looking to get educated on fixing credit, getting educated on how the banks and lenders are judging you, fixing credit quickly, building up huge credit lines, and then putting it to work and leveraging it into any type of business, whatever you're really passionate about, but real estate, e-commerce, and so forth is what we do. Then you can always check out Credit Council Elite. That's our mastermind group. And appreciate you guys all tuning in so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. We will see you guys next Monday as well. next time. Ty, appreciate you. God bless. Thanks, Brandon. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.